We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to another week of The Sports Social and we are going to bring you, Georgie and I, Georgie, hello Georgie. Hello Libby. <laughs> we are going to bring you the joy, humanity and heartbreak from the past week in sport. There's been so much joy in the last week of sport. It really has. The AFLW started a historic season seven with all 18 AFL teams participating for the first time ever. So for people who aren't aware... This is the first season that there's actually been a full slate of 18 teams. Yes. Yes. So the AFL has built gradually over the last six seasons. This season saw the, I guess, the bringing in of the last four teams. So so it's expanded quite a bit. Yes. Hawthorne, Essendon, Port Adelaide and Sydney Swans. Wow. All came in in this last round. So it was a big deal. And we also saw teams playing in major stadiums. A lot of teams have been playing on the local grounds, which has actually been really lovely. It's Mm. sort of bringing sport back to those local grounds and creating so much atmosphere because they are smaller, but some of the teams got to play on the grand stages and... Well, the Brisbane Lions. Yes. And they got to play at the Gabba. How good. It's really cool watching the athletes come out onto the ground and just look around and go, wow, Mm. we're here. I mean, that's such a huge difference from playing at a local community oval (laughs) compared to the Gabba. Yeah, it'd be like swimming at the local pool compared to like a major swimming centre. I don't know, when I played softball, I always got excited if there was even like a small crowd. (laughs) Be like, oh, (laughs) they're here to watch me. Someone's what? I mean, they're not here to watch me. (laughs) But it gave you Watch this fast pitch, guys. (laughs) I did not pitch. Oh, weren't you? Oh, were you a catcher? I could catch. No, by the... I could if I, mean, I wanted to. You have to be able to catch. No, I wasn't a catcher. I did play catcher in junior grades, but then as I got older, I moved into the outfield. Oh. I, was, I would like dive and take catches. Oh, that was my... That's a thing. Yeah. I really. It was so much fun. But yeah, you'd get this buzz if you walked out and there was like 10 people watching. <laughs> Pretty much athlete. the same. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you could, I, you could relate to that, right? Yeah, it resonates with you deeply. <laughs> So pretty much like I can really understand yeah. your lived experience through mine. <laughs> I don't think I could even relate to the Brisbane Lions because swimming like had like 8,000 oh, people. Stop it. You've competed on the Olympic stage. It's, it's not 80,000 people. It's a lo- No, but you were in Olympic stadiums and yes. Right. Okay. Anyway, we, we relate. It's, it's <laughs> same, we get it. Same. Same Zs. So, so identified. <laughs> Um, okay, what I was thinking we might do is call Nat Grider and chat to her about the Lions match on the weekend. Amazing. Hello, Natalie speaking. Hi, Nat. It's Georgie Trickett from the Sports Social. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm well. I've also got my uh, sister-in-law, Libby, here. Hi, Nat. Hi, how are you going? We're great. So you are an All-Australian AFLW player, a 2021 Premiership winning and Brisbane Lions vice-captain. We are so excited to have you here today because we wanted to talk to you about the big start to Season 7 for the AFLW. Yeah, super exciting. Obviously, Round 1 kicked off yesterday and 
we were fortunate enough to get the win. So um, it was a pretty ahead. resounding <laughs> win by the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was um, a little bit nervous there up until about half time, and then I think we really kicked into gear. And obviously, we had one of our teammates go down injured, so definitely played the rest of that game out for her. Um, and we we're really happy to get the win and and go pretty convincingly as well. What's it been like having the end of season six and the start of season seven so close together? Um, it's been it's been interesting because it's not often you play two seasons in one year, but I think for us it's probably a good thing really. I guess in that 12-month period, we were lucky enough to win the grand final in 2021. And then pretty quickly after that next season, we went down in the prelim to Melbourne. So definitely a different different emotion finishing up the last two seasons, but it's um, still front of mind. So it, it keeps us in good stead for, for this year and I guess deciding on what emotion we want to finish the season off with because um, they are pretty different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very different experiences. For you, like you've obviously been in, in the AFLW for, for a number of years now. What has that evolution been like? Because this year is the first year that there's 18 teams in the in the sport and you've seen it grow from, you know, playing on grassroots, community ovals all the way to the Gabba now. What What's that kind of been like for you in experiencing the support and the the crowd enjoyment and for you as a player yeah definitely it's um pretty hard to believe I guess how far it's come in such a short space of time Uh, growing up when I was playing footy there obviously was no senior competition to aspire to as such so to have girls in the under 12s at the moment running around knowing that one day they can be a Brisbane Lions player is is phenomenal and um like you said even just from where the Lions started in their first season running around trying to find a ground and playing out at Burp and Gary and, and all over Queensland was um compared to I guess this weekend even getting out and getting to run around on the Gabba with a few thousand fans cheering. It's um just shows how much the game's grown and, and like you said as well, having eighteen teams in the comp now uh, just proves the depth of talent we've got um nationwide and, and having those girls playing there's I think there's a few hundred now where the biggest uh, female sports um, in Australia at the moment. So it is really exciting. And we were lucky enough to play in the first ever game on the MCG last year, mm. which unfortunately was that prelim loss. But to even play at a stadium of that calibre is just amazing for the game and the growth of the competition as well. Nat, ACL injuries continue to plague um, the women's game. Can you talk to us about what the teams are doing to help put in place strategies so they're they're not happening as frequently as as they as they seem to be. Yeah, it's a tough one because I guess no one really knows why. Obviously, yeah, genetics comes into it. I think a little bit, and and just the um the structure of the women's knee, unfortunately, um makes you a little bit more prone. But the AFRW have, have put in a lot of effort and time into these prep to play strategies as well, and and just all about trying to prevent them from happening. But um as you've seen already this season, um it's pretty prominent in the game and. And unfortunately, I think a lot of athletes are just realising that that's one of the risks you take playing a contact sport with this much change of direction like, like footy does. So it's just one of those, those risks you weigh up when you step out on the field. But you have trust in your, your um, high-performance programs that they're doing all they can to help prevent those. And, and um, unfortunately, at the end of the day, it just comes, comes down to a, a bad luck in a change of direction or a bit of contact that unfortunately goes the wrong way. Do you think part of that is that obviously LW has been around for this is its seventh season now, but do you think that's 
partly because little girls haven't been playing from when they're, you know, four and five years old like little boys are growing up in that system and that will kind of peter out over time. Is that kind of an assumption that's being made or...? I guess it's hard to say. Like, I don't think there's too much research done on the um, prevention approach of, you know, being involved in a longer period of time. Like, you look at sports like netball and they have a pretty high rate as well mm. um, with knees. So, you have girls running around from the age of four with netball. So yeah, <laughs> it's, so true. It's hard to say, but, I mean, I think there just needs to be more research done into it and, and hopefully one day we'll find the answer. But for now, it's just a matter of, I guess, preventing and, and doing all you can to reduce your risk. Hey Nat, do you think AFLW has found its place in the sporting calendar? Is this is the season starting at the tail end of the men's season? Is that AFLW looking to figure out where they will fit? It, yeah, again, it's a tough one. Obviously, there's a lot of sport that goes on in our country, and the last few years we've been playing over summer, which had its positives, but also its negatives with the 35 degree Queensland heat yeah. um, being a little bit tough for us on game day sometimes, but. I think, yeah, obviously everyone's up and about with, within the AFL world at this time of the year. Um, And going into finals, there's only eight teams left. So you've got 10 teams and supporters and fans who whose season is officially over for the men's. And I think that gives them a really good opportunity to, to stay involved in footy and, and cheer on the women's team. So obviously the first year we've been at this time of year, but I think so far so good. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a, a pretty intense pre-season, but we weren't restricted with um, weather events as such as we would be usually during um, that peak period of summer over Christmas and all that. So we'll have to wait and see, but obviously it's um, been heaps better for us just, yeah, not having to worry about getting heat stroke as much on a Saturday morning session. <laughs> yeah, that seems less than <laughs> ideal in terms of preparation for competing. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, there's 18 teams. The AFLW has grown significantly. You're playing on major grant sporting grounds. The uptake is really exciting. What's that kind of final piece in the puzzle? Like, what what would you like to see in AFLW in the coming years and seasons? Yeah, well, like you said, 18 teams is a great start. Obviously, we've got a full comp now. So hopefully at one point we'll get to all uh, play each other at least once, um, which will really, I guess, help the integrity of the competition as well. Um, And then the next step for the competition is probably just getting athletes into that full-time space so that we aren't, you know, working our nine-to-five jobs or doing too much outside of footy. Um, Mm. A few girls obviously have that coming into this season with that massive pay rise we just had and, I think you can already see over the weekend just the standard of the games and the skill level and fitness and strength of the, the players has improved rapidly, just being able to commit that little bit more time to football. And I think, yeah, as that continues to grow and girls are able to spend more time and effort into not only just their performance, but their recovery and, and backing up each week, um, the competition will flourish. And, and I think that'll be help us get as well more engagement from fans and, and supporters and help with um all those other aspects that you need to, to grow a competition. It's amazing, Nat. We're so excited to watch the AFLW continue to grow and excited to see how the Lions go for the rest of the season. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. How exciting the AFLW is just going from strength to strength. I know. I, on the weekend it was hard. I found it hard not to get emotional when I was watching some of the games and just seeing how much it meant to those players mm. to be finally representing the teams they've always wanted to play for. Like I think there's been some movement as more and more teams have been brought onto the, um, I guess, onto the schedule for players to then move to the teams that they've always wanted to play for or mm. that they might have grown up watching. 
And you could just see on the weekend an Essendon player, she was being interviewed and she was visibly upset about and overwhelmed by the experience she'd just had and the the fact that she was playing at a huge stadium in front of fans, in front of kids who were seeing that they too could go and play AFLW one day. What I went and saw, this is slightly off topic, but kind of the same. I went and saw Embrace Kids documentary by Taryn Brumfit, who has, you know, started the body image movement. And part of that documentary was Erin Phillips, who plays for a team in the AFLW. A team, can't remember which team, but she plays for a team. Um, it's a good story, I, I swear. I'll keep going. Uh, no, but, I'm, in, I'm interested. It doesn't, yeah, the, the team will figure that out. It's a small detail. Yeah. Um, she is one of a few in her family and her brother, like there was always the option for her brother to go and play oh. in the AFL. And she loved footy from a very young age mm-hmm. and that was never an option for her and she has subsequently gone and played for the AFLW. She has three kids and now her kids can go and see that they can go and play mm-hmm. in the AFLW. But it's just so nice that there's that pathway for girls who want to play soccer, who want to play AFL, yeah. who want to play NRL, who want to do cricket or mm-hmm. there are these different pathways. It's not like if you want to play a team sport for a girl, it's like netball, that's it. Yeah, it's grown so much and it's it's grown it's so good that it's at an elite level as mm. well and it's tell it's it's on a TV you can you don't have to be there physically you can watch it on one of the streaming services or you can watch it on whatever channel it's being played on and it's right there. You're not having to drive to a country stadium to see it. It's it's available. It's amazing. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Georgie, yeah. We have to touch on F1 again. <laughs> For all our listeners who absolutely loved our conversation about <laughs> F1 last time, <laughs> our most talked about conversation. Most, I who knew? <laughs> um, my mum was so glad that Jason was here <laughs> because otherwise, <laughs> where did this conversation, how would we have ended this conversation? Well, we were pretty on the money. We were spot on. Right. And we just didn't miss, we missed the last part, but we got there. But Ricardo has officially been let go by mm. McLaren. Daniel Ricciardo. I know. Well, poor, he got paid out fourteen and I mean, a half million dollars okay. out of his contract. I think he's doing okay. He I, he will be fine. <laughs> but that does leave the door open for Alpine or so Haas or Williams. No, Jace's no, no Jace's not. No. <laughs> well, probably Alpine. Let's say he might go there. But yeah. there's a lot coming up. In the F2, from F2. Mm. So we'll have to wait and see. I did watch a bit of the Belgium Grand Prix. Mm. I mean, this the fact that this comes out of my mouth. <laughs> it's still hilarious. I watched the car racing. <laughs> um, I watched a bit of the Belgium Grand Prix from last night and uh, Lewis Hamilton had an absolute shocker. He's been a bit off though. Do you know what one of the other drivers said? It was like, oh, Lewis is so used to starting at the front. He doesn't know now how no, he to. He doesn't know how to. He doesn't like, know how fight to start. It's like, that's so brutal. <laughs> Such a burn. I mean, it's kind of true though. <laughs> like we could do any of it. <laughs> I reckon if I was at the front, I'd go all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just put your foot down on He's the He's got to go straight, right? And how like, could this drive be? It's so hard, Libby. Like, oh I was very good at. Um, Daytona oh, as a kid, on. so <laughs> it's pretty much the same. Although they do some of their training, 
you see them on video games. So I would probably be right up there, Georgie. <laughs> I just don't have the cash behind me. Just because you played Mario Kart does not make you an I F1 was driver. Excellent at Mario Kart. You can't deny it. <laughs> you were really good. Thank you. <laughs> me and Donkey Kong. Um, you were telling me last week that there was swimming on again mm. this weekend. Did that? Did you watch that? Did that happen? Oh, yeah, the Sydney Sprints. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really random thing. I probably should have been more across it because you're bringing it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, um, there was quite a few Australian records. I was actually really surprised at how many of the athletes went on from Com Games to Jewel in the Pool to these Sydney Sprints. I genuinely felt that you guys swam like twice every two years. I think the – can't remember if I mentioned it, but the schedule has been pretty effed up since the Tokyo Olympics and getting that pushed back. And so everything's getting back into alignment again. Mm. And that's probably not mm. going to be until Paris that oh they will God. get things sorted out. Mm. But just- yeah, it was it was pretty interesting racing. Um, Lani Pallister broke two Australian records in the 800 and the 1500 wow. freestyle short so, course. Hang on, short course is in 20, 25 metre pool. Correct. So you're doing, your tumble turns matter. So many tumble turns for what? an 800 and a 1500. So this is where. Stuff that. <laughs> Do you remember when I used to tumble turn? <laughs> So I thought I was a really good tumble, like just a normal tumble turner, not an exceptional one. Just, you know, but I've I've swum a lot. So I thought I can tumble turn. And the first time I tumble turned in front of Libby and her husband, Luke, and my husband, Ben, they all were like horrified. (laughs) And also don't swim with us. You can't swim with us. (laughs) And as a result... I now no longer tumble turn. Oh, <laughs> oh, that hurts my heart. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. No, but also don't swim with us. <laughs> also, you can swim. Yeah, lane one, over there. Over there. there. That's the slow lane. <laughs> Sorry. I just. I feel so triggered. You talked about tumble turns and I was like, oh, that's right. I was so bad We tried to them. teach you, didn't you we? Did. Yeah. yeah. And, but I was just, I was at that point, I was like, I just need to leave. Because <laughs> I just, I'm shame spiralling and I just need to go away now. Because every time I tried, Ben was like, no. Ben is ruthless though. <laughs> There's so much feedback. <laughs> so I so might, short course may not be for no, you. No, and that's fine. And that's okay. I might take myself off this summer and learn how to tumble turn. <laughs> but Lani, Lani Pallister, excellent. She, yeah. Broke Australian records, which is really exciting. In the para athletes, in the 100 freestyle, catcher Dedekind broke the world record for S13. Jake Island broke the men's 100 metres freestyle world record in the S14 classification. And Jake Michelle or Jake Michael, sorry if I've pronounced that wrong, um, he broke the men's 100 breaststroke SB14 world record. Of breaststroke, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, super off, off a very busy year, huge year for a lot of these athletes. Also, I should mention that uh, swimmer of the year, Olympic program swimmer of the year was Molly O'Callaghan. That was announced over the weekend, Aww. and Paralympic program swimmer of the year was Rowan Crothers. Well deserved. Yes. So there's two pieces of rugby news news we have today because the sevens men's sevens team mm-hmm. just won the world title. Oh, for that was going world. on, was it? Yeah, for Rugby World Sevens. There's been like tournaments going on all around the world and they came third in the last tournament, which I think was in LA, and that has meant they've taken out the title. Wow. So this year, 
Good job. The women's sevens and the men's sevens in rugby have won the titles. Are they called the Wallabies still? No. Okay. I don't think so. I think that would be Kangaroos? We almost need a table of what team is called what. Yeah. Because it's now. I feel like we need to do that because Mm. the the Roos is NRL? Yes. Yes. Jace is nodding. Jace agreed. (laughs) It's a win. Um, What was the other news? sports mentor. (laughs) Yes. He's just helping us. Be better. Um, the Wallabies <laughs> beat the Springbok in Adelaide. That was a really cool game because the women. So that's normal set rugby. This is, this is normal rugby now. The women played the not the All Blacks. They're also called Ferns. They're Black Ferns. Black I think ferns. they're called. So they not to be confused with the Silver Ferns from Netball. There needs to be a table. <laughs> um, I got the thumbs up from Kim about the Netball comments. So yes, crushing it. So the women played. The Black Ferns before the men's match. It was a double header. Oh, amazing! Which is really cool. And then the Wallabies beat the Springbok. But the thing that was just the coolest in that match was a tackle by, and I want to say his name correctly, Marika Korobite, who's the men's winger. Okay. He did this absolutely crushing tackle out on the wing. It was like George Gregan of old, of old, where George Gregan took out the All Black back in 1994 or something. This was like a tackle like that where the guy was about to put the ball on the try line and he just came in from nowhere. And was he kind of up. on the smaller side like George Gregan was? No, no. He's, he's a big dude. He's a solid dude. Yeah. Like you would, if he ran at me, I would just <laughs> run, run away. Run. I'd just feel, or I'd just sit down and go, don't touch me. Please don't. I don't. I throw the but ball then, away. But, the but ball. then they would like all tackle on top of you and then you'd be yeah. in a scrum. Yeah. Scrum? Yes. Well yeah. done. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not super across rugby union Really? Terminology. <laughs> it's just a vibe you're getting. I just, just got this sense. Just, just, a, just a hint. Also, the US Open starts yes. tonight. Well, tomorrow. and that was controversial as well. Novak Djokovic isn't allowed to compete again because he's not vaccinated. Not vaccinated. Yeah. But Serena and Venus have taken up. A wild card. Yes, in the doubles. No, How amazing. amazing. That was such good doubles players. I can't wait to watch that. And Kyrgios is playing Thokonakis in the first round. Kokonakis? Kok- did I say Thokonakis? Sorry, Kokonakis in the Th- oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've got a way you can remember it if you. <laughs> Do you no, I don't want to know. No. <laughs> Do you want to this is a sports podcast. <laughs> no. I'll tell you yeah, later. Yeah, if you got the tired laughs. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> right. Yeah, Kokonakis is on playing. I Curious. I did that. <laughs> I just walked straight into it. <laughs> oh, oh. So good. Um, that's the first round, is it? <laughs> okay. Breathe. Yes, in the first round. Curious. Kokonakis. Kokonakis. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Do you want to know what I'm talking about this week? Yes, please. I watched on Thursday night the first episode of Fearless. Oh, the AFLW doco. Yep. There's a theme today. We're talking. We are talking a bit about AFLW, but rightly so. Mm. Um, this it was so it was such a good documentary. I within the first couple of minutes, I was like all goosebumpy, mm. and then next minute, I was like getting a lump in my throat and trying not to cry because 
just they were so honest about the fact that these these women who've always wanted to play sport, they'd get to like the age of 12 and then they'd be told, sorry, you can't play AFL anymore. Yes. And that's it. That's that's the end. And they'd be like, but, it, but my brothers are playing. Why mm. can't I play? And they'd be like, no, you've reached the limit. So they were so honest in talking about, you know, the other sports they went on to, but then how much it meant to them to come back to the sport that they'd always loved and they'd always wanted to play. Mm. And it's a really – it's on Disney Plus, but it's certainly not it's it's definitely been left as it is in terms of editing. So there is a bit of swearing in it. Okay. I, I, I would have good thought, heads up. Yeah. So it's maybe not for younger kids and you, if you've I don't know. Unless they're my kids and maybe they've heard it all. No. It's pretty <laughs> but it was really confronting because I was watching it going, gosh, they're swearing a lot. And then I thought, well, actually, that's just the reality. And I've just been conditioned to not think that women would swear in sport. Now, I I swear on occasion. Mm. Why wouldn't they swear out on the field when stuff? Oh no, goes athletes wrong? are very sweary. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's also really good. It's a really real look at what's going on out on the field. Like it's it's very unedited. That well, that's awesome, and it it makes it accessible. I think. Speaking of sweary, I remember being fifteen and watching Susie O'Neill. At the Queensland State titles, I was in the final with her in the 100 metres butterfly and I remember her saying the S word. Whoa. And I was like, oh, my God. She's I, a sh- I can't believe she swore. And Susie. I was so judgmental back then because really? I, wasn't, I wasn't a swearer and, boy, have I swung the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's good. It's good that. Have you, have, you, have you reflected on that with Susie? I did, actually. And what, what was her, what did she say? I don't think she was super happy that I remembered that of her. <laughs> I mean, she probably wasn't thrilled that that was like your cornerstone memory of it was her a really, as an athlete. Well, it was that and also that at 15 I thought she was just too old to compete at the Olympics uh, at 27. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh, Kieran and Susie, they all just need to go and retire because 27 is too old. Gosh. <laughs> very judgmental as a 15 year old yeah but when you're little you just think everyone's really old totally and like now I'm kids 37 of that all the time yeah Mommy, but I, you're so old but you're like I <laughs> feel you. like I'm 21 still so oh absolutely I may um, no, I don't feel like I'm 21 I feel like I'm 30 <laughs> well you're almost Ish. 40 no you are 40 I'm 40 <laughs> thank you thank you for that <laughs> jarring reminder FYI. There's also this new sporting documentary. There's so many things out at the moment called Welcome to Wrexham, which I haven't watched yet. Mm. And it's Ryan Reynolds and another guy who go and buy a soccer team. (laughs) Oh, cool. Mm. Amazing. So I'm going to be watching that this week as well. That is super cool. Mm. Uh, My recommendation, is it recommendation? What I'm talking about. What I'm talking about. (laughs) We'll Um, just keep practising. (laughs) (laughs) We're still working it out. I... I think probably what I'm talking about is that Embrace Kids documentary. I think that for me, off the back of the Julia Robinson Mm. conversation last week around muscles and around how different people look different and have different body types and we're all equal and we're all amazing and we all have these amazing talents, I just would highly, highly recommend going to watch Embrace Kids documentary, which comes out on September 1st. Is it something you would take your children to? Is it for a children's audience? Yeah, I actually got asked this around an age recommendation and it's not sweary, it's super... Yeah, but it might not... Sweary might not be the... That's not... 
not the only factor. No, it's not sweary, but it's also I would recommend. So my girls are seven, four, and uh, almost three. It's too old for them, but more from the point of view in that they're not on social media, obviously. Oh. So I think it would be more for if your kids are interested in social media or already on it. What if they're asking to be on social media? Asking to be on social media. What if they're asking to have a phone? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think all of that would be really relevant. Okay. Or if they are experiencing bullying or they might be bullying, I think that's all probably good signs that they should watch this documentary. But to be honest, I think all parents should just watch it. Mm. All parents need to watch it because it's so much about how we view our bodies and we have to role model ourselves Mm. what body image and body self-esteem and all of that sort of looks looks like. like. So. I reckon your oldest might. So it's like a tween upwards. Yeah, I reckon nine, ten upwards. Very cool. And in cinemas or online? Because I know that when they first did that movie, well, the original version of that movie was yes. like an On online. Netflix, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, so Embrace <gasps> the Documentary came out in 2016. It was on Netflix. This one will be in cinemas around the country September 1. But the amazing thing that she's done is that all this particular documentary will be available to all schools for free around the world. So that is brilliant. Yeah. She's she's amazing. Like I said, girl crush. Nice one. Yeah. I think is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. I have no more sporting. I mean there was so much to talk about. In <laughs> I mean, oh, Jess Fox. I mean she won something oh, once else again. Yeah, she's just winning stuff all over the place. She's amazing. Yeah. We love Jess. Oh, sorry. One more thing. (laughs) One more thing. I just want to give a huge shout out to Bonnie Hancock. Oh, yes. circumnavigated Australia over the last 254 days, I think it was. In 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 a kayak. A kayak. Like a surf kayak. I watched some of the clips last night of some of her footage from her travels Mm. and at one point there was just this enormous whale coming out. Of the ocean right next to her. And I thought, what that's an, what an incredible experience. And also how terrifying. Yeah. I just I wanted to give her a, a massive shout out because she is actually raising money for Gotcha for Life. Yes, which is a mental health cause. Correct. And I think she's aiming to raise about a hundred thousand dollars and she's not quite at her goal. Okay. So if we can all just jump on and, and share five dollars towards a, a really important cause, I think that would be Absolutely wonderful. Like I I am just obsessed with people who go and have these crazy, incredible goals. And not only that, like they they like, yeah, let's go, let's go surf kayak around Australia. <laughs> okay. And then actually go and do it. Like that to me is just I know it's one thing so to talk about cool. it and then be like, Yeah, no, now I'm actually going to do it. That would be magic. Mm. So, yeah, big shout-out to Bonnie Hancock, absolute legend. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that and thanks for everyone who is listening and thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, like. Subscribe. Share. Slide into our DMs if you have any ideas around grassroots, community-level stories in sport. We love to hear that kind of thing and we'd love to share more about that on our podcast at the Sports Social Podcast on Instagram. And we'll, did I already say this, but we'll have links in our show notes for all the things we've spoken about. You today. didn't, but you just did. Thank you. <laughs> We're getting so schmick. So professional. <laughs> Bye. Have a great week. You too. Bye. <laughs>